0: Welcome, everybody. It's February 22nd. My name is David McAdam, and this is the one-year Bible tour. I know that reading the Bible gets challenging when we come to the book of Leviticus. There are many laws that deal with the worship required in the tabernacle in the wilderness and laws of cleansing. We are now in chapter 13, which deals with the laws of leprosy. But when we understand that this is all part of the vocabulary of the Holy Spirit to make known God's plan of redemption that will be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So today we come to Leviticus chapter 13, Laws about Leprosy. And I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When a person has on the skin of his body a swelling or an eruption or a spot, and it turns into a case of leprous disease on the skin of his body, then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest, or to one of his sons the priests, and the priest shall examine the diseased area on the skin of his body. And if the hair in the diseased area has turned white, and the disease appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is a case of leprous disease. When the priest has examined him, he shall pronounce him unclean. But if the spot is white in the skin of his body, and appears no deeper than the skin, and the hair in it has not turned white, the priest shall shut up the diseased person for seven days, and the priest shall examine him on the seventh day. And if, in his eyes, the disease is checked, and the disease has not spread in the skin, then the priest shall shut him up for another seven days, and the priest shall examine him again on the seventh day. And if the diseased area has faded, and the disease has not spread in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is only an eruption." and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the eruption spreads in the skin, after he has shown himself to the priest for his cleansing, he shall appear again before the priest, and the priest shall look, and if the eruption has spread in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous disease. When a man is afflicted with a leprous disease, he shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall look. And if there is a white swelling in the skin that has turned the hair white, and there is raw flesh in the swelling, it is a chronic leprous disease in the skin of his body, and the priest shall pronounce him unclean. He shall not shut him up, for he is unclean. And if the leprous disease breaks out in the skin, so that the leprous disease covers all of the skin of the diseased person from head to foot, so far as the priest can see, then the priest shall look. And if the leprous disease has covered all of his body, he shall pronounce him clean of the disease. It has all turned white, and he is clean. But when raw flesh appears on him, he shall be unclean. And the priest shall examine the raw flesh and pronounce him unclean. Raw flesh is unclean, for it is a leprous disease. But if the raw flesh recovers and turns white again, then he shall come to the priest, and the priest shall examine him. And if the disease has turned white, Then the priest shall pronounce the diseased person clean. He is clean. If there is in the skin of one's body a boil, and it heals, and in the place of the boil there comes a white swelling, or a reddish-white spot, then it shall be shown to the priest. And the priest shall look. And if it appears deeper than the skin, and its hair has turned white, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a case of leprous disease that has broken out in the boil. But if the priest examines it, and there is no white hair in it, and it is not deeper than the skin, but has faded, then the priest shall shut him up seven days. And if it spreads in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean, it is a disease. But if the spot remains in one place and does not spread, it is the scar of the boil, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. Or when the body has a burn on its skin, and the raw flesh of the burn becomes a spot, reddish-white, or white. The priest shall examine it, and if the hair in the spot has turned white, and appears deeper than the skin, then it is a leprous disease. It has broken out in the burn, and the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a case of leprous disease. But if the priest examines it, and there is no white hair in the spot, and it is no deeper than the skin, but has faded, the priest shall shut him up seven days, and the priest shall examine him the seventh day. If it is spreading in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a case of leprous disease. But if the spot remains in one place and does not spread in the skin, but has faded, it is a swelling from the burn, and the priest shall pronounce him unclean, for it is the scar of the burn. When a man or woman has a disease on the head or the beard, the priest shall examine the disease. And if it appears deeper than the skin... And the hair in it is yellow and thin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is an itch, a leprous disease of the head or the beard. And if the priest examines the itching disease, and it appears no deeper than the skin, and there is no black hair in it, then the priest shall shut up the person with the itching disease for seven days. And on the seventh day the priest shall examine the disease. If the itch has not spread, and there is in it no yellow hair, And the itch appears to be no deeper than the skin, then he shall shave himself, but the itch he shall not shave. And the priest shall shut up the person with the itching disease for another seven days. And on the seventh day the priest shall examine the itch, and if the itch has not spread in the skin, and it appears to be no deeper than the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. And if the itch spreads in the skin after his cleansing, Then the priest shall examine him, and if the itch has spread in the skin, the priest need not seek for the yellow hair, he is unclean. But if in his eyes the itch is unchanged, and black hair has grown in it, the itch is healed, and he is clean, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. When a man or a woman has spots on the skin of the body, white spots, the priest shall look, and if the spots on the skin of the body are of a dull white, it is leucoderma, and has broken out in the skin. He is clean. If a man's hair falls out from his head, he is bald, he is clean. And if a man's hair falls out from his forehead, he has baldness of the forehead, he is clean. But if there is on the bald head and on the bald forehead a reddish white diseased area, it is a leprous disease breaking out on his bald head or his bald forehead. And the priest shall examine him, and if the disease swelling is reddish-white on his bald head or on his bald forehead, like the appearance of leprous disease in the skin of the body, he is a leprous man, he is unclean, the priest must pronounce him unclean, his disease is on his head. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean, unclean! He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. When there is a case of leprous disease in a garment, whether a woolen or a linen garment, in a warp or woof of linen or wool, or in a skin, or in anything made of skin, if the disease is greenish or reddish in the garment, or in the skin, or in the warp or the woof, Of any article made of skin, it is a case of leprous disease, and it shall be shown to the priest. And the priest shall examine the disease and shut up that which has the disease for seven days. Then he shall examine the disease on the seventh day. If the disease has spread in the garment, in the warp or the woof, or in the skin, whatever be the use of the skin, the disease is a persistent leprous disease, it is unclean. And he shall burn the garment or the warp, or the woof, the wool, or the linen, or any article made of skin that is diseased, for it is a persistent leprous disease. It shall be burned in the fire. And if the priest examines, and if the disease has not spread in the garment, in the warp, or the woof, or in any article made of skin, then the priest shall command that they wash the thing in which is the disease, and he shall shut it up for another seven days." and the priest shall examine the diseased thing after it has been washed, and if the appearance of the diseased area has not changed, though the disease has not spread, it is unclean. You shall burn it in the fire, whether the rot is on the back or on the front. But if the priest examines, and if the diseased area has faded after it has been washed, he shall tear it out of the garment, or the skin, or the warp, or the woof. Then if it appears again in the garment, in the warp, or the woof, or in any article made of skin, it is spreading. You shall burn with fire whatever has the disease. But the garment, or the warp, or the woof, or any article made of skin from which the disease departs when you have washed it, shall then be washed a second time, and be clean. This is the law for a case of leprous disease in a garment of wool or linen either in the warp or the woof, or in any article made of skin, to determine whether it is clean or unclean. Let's take a few moments to reflect upon the reading, Joy on the Day of Cleansing. Reading through today's passage will make you appreciate dermatology and recognize the value of being proclaimed as one who is clean. Leviticus chapters 13 and 14 deal with an infectious condition called tzaraat, The Hebrew term is used to cover a number of skin diseases and additional conditions of rot and mildew. The symptoms of what we call leprosy today may be included, but the Hebrew word tzara'at is not equivalent or limited to the leprosy known as Hansen's disease. The symptoms of the infectious sin conditions of tzara'at, translated leprosy in our English Bibles, are described in Leviticus chapter 13 verses 2 to 3. When a man has on the skin of his body a swelling or a scab or a bright spot, and it becomes an infection of leprosy, on the skin of his body, then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest, or to one of his sons the priest. The priest shall look at the mark on the skin of the body, and if the hair in the infection has turned white, and the infection appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is an infection of leprosy. When the priest has looked at him, he shall pronounce him unclean. In both the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Mark, we have read the accounts of Jesus healing a leper and then warning him not to tell anyone, but to go show himself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. So we see that there is a tie-in with the New Testament ministry of Jesus and the Old Testament book of Leviticus in Matthew chapter 8 verses 2 to 4, Mark chapter 1 verses 40 to 45, Luke chapter 5 verses 12 to 16. The ceremonial law underscored the importance of being pronounced clean before the Lord. Tomorrow when we will be reading chapter 14, we will learn what it would mean for a healed leper to satisfy the requirements of the law and experience the joy of being pronounced clean. What good news that would be. No longer would he have to live as an outcast of society separated from his family and perpetually kept at a distance from others. If pronounced clean, he would be fully reinstated to all the privileges of the people of the covenant. Prior to being healed, the leper would have had to tear his clothes, uncover his head, and with his hand over his mouth and beard, identify himself by his announcing aloud his condition, shouting the warning that he was an untouchable, unclean, unclean, in Leviticus 13, verse 45 the leper was banished from his family tent and would have to live alone, ostracized outside the camp of Israel in Leviticus 13.46. These regulations symbolized that the leper was ritually dead. We can see that the description of this disease reflects the condition of sin. The leprosy was recognizable to the priest, even if it was only yet manifested as a tiny spot on the skin or a hair in the diseased area turned white. Soon the infection could spread to cover the whole body. God recognizes sin for what it really is. It is a departure from His order. It is a sickness of the soul. It only takes one sin to make a person a sinner. The scriptures tell us that all of us, when examined under the scrutiny of God's holy light, have the incurable heart disease of sin. In Jeremiah 17:9, we are all convicted as sinners under the law in Romans chapter 3 verse 23. The disease of sin leaves us all separated from God and to some degree isolated and distant from one another. Sin has a contagious impact in society. Sin cuts us off from fellowship with God and His people in Isaiah 59 verse 1. Sin keeps us from the tent of meeting. Just as the leper is considered by the law of Israel as being judicially dead, the sinner according to the bible is dead in trespasses and sins in ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 in the gospels we read of the desperation of 10 lepers who called out to jesus from a distance as he entered a village 10 leprous men who stood at a distance met him and they raised their voices saying jesus master have mercy on us the only hope for these lepers was the mercy of god the leper's hope in Leviticus 14 is called the day of his cleansing, and we'll be reading about that tomorrow. And we will find that the ceremony for cleansing is full of prophetic significance, teaching us about the cleansing and forgiveness that's available to us through faith in Jesus Christ. Now let's read from the New Testament, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, Jesus rejected at Nazareth. Chapter 6, verse 1. He went away from there and came to his hometown And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown, and among his relatives, and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went out among the villages teaching. And he called the twelve, and began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. And they cast out many demons, and anointed with oil many who were sick, and healed them. King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. Some said, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said, He is Elijah, and others said, He is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, He was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. he went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. So in our reading we find that Jesus is rejected in his hometown. He's amazed at their unbelief. In Mark chapter 6, verses 1 to 6, These people had every reason to put their trust in Jesus Christ, but refused to do so their rejection of him is a testimony to the deceitfulness of the unbelieving human heart. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12 we read, Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. A year earlier they expelled Jesus from the local synagogue. In Luke chapter 4 verses 16 to 30. Now they dismiss him, citing that he must be no more than a hometown boy, after all, are not his brothers and sisters with us? In Mark 6, verse 3. They were offended by him. The Greek word for offended is skandalizo, meaning causing to stumble. A New Testament Greek scholar explains, they could not explain him, so they rejected him. Familiarity can indeed breed contempt. Warren Weersby gives an insightful illustration. Quote, A tourist, eager to see everything in the art gallery, fled from picture to picture scarcely noting what was in the frames i didn't see anything very special here he said to one of the guards as he left sir the guard replied it is not the pictures that are on trial here it is the visitors end quote there are two instances of jesus marveling wondering and being amazed here he marvels at the unbelief of those who had the scriptures in luke chapter 7 verse 9 Jesus marvels at the great faith of the Roman centurion, who did not have the Jewish background or the scriptures. Jesus sends out the twelve, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits, in verses 7-12. to The death of John the Baptist and the fear of Herod Antipas is written about in verses 14-29. to Because Jesus' powerful ministry was becoming well known, some were saying that his miraculous powers were a sign that John the Baptist had risen from the dead. Mark explains that Herod remained troubled about this and gives us a flashback to the circumstances surrounding his ordering that John the Baptist be beheaded. Herod Antipas was only a tetrarch, but Mark gives him the title of king in Mark 6, verse 14, which is the title that Herod preferred. Herod Antipas divorced the daughter of King Aretas IV so he could marry Herodias, the wife of his half-brother, Herod Philip it was a marriage that john the baptist rightfully denounced as being a wicked alliance and contrary to the law of moses and now let us move on to the book of psalms psalm 39 to the choir master to juduthin a psalm of david i said i will guard my ways that i may not sin with my tongue i will guard my mouth with a muzzle so long as the wicked are in my presence i was mute and silent I held my peace to no avail, and my distress grew worse. My heart became hot within me. As I mused, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue, O oh Lord, make me know my end, and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few hand-breaths, and my life is as nothing before you. Surely All mankind stands as a mere breath. Surely a man goes about as a shadow. Surely for nothing they are in turmoil. Man heaps up wealth and does not know who will gather. And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the scorn of the fool. I am mute. I do not open my mouth for it is you who have done it. Remove your stroke from me. I am spent by the hostility of your hand. When you discipline a man with rebukes for sin, you consume like a moth what is dear to him. Surely all mankind is a mere breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Hold not your peace at my tears, for I am a sojourner with you, a guest like all my fathers. Look away from me, that I may smile again, before I depart and am no more. This psalm starts with a wise prayer request, that I may not sin with my tongue. Sins of the tongue are plentiful. In the Bible we read about the lying tongue, speaking false words with the intention to mislead. In Proverbs 12:22, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal faithfully are His delight. We read about the boastful tongue, the flattering tongue, exaggerating one's good qualities, overly confident in oneself, exaggerating the good qualities of others to please them. In Psalm 12, verse 3, May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and every boastful tongue. We read about the proud tongue in Psalm 12, verse 4, that says, We will triumph with our tongues. We own our lips. Who is our master? We read about the swift tongue the rash tongue in james one nineteen, my dear brothers take note of this everyone should be quick to listen but slow to speak and slow to become angry we read about the overused tongue in ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 2 do not be quick with your mouth do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before god god is in heaven and you are on earth so let your words be few we read about the backbiting tongue talking about others behind their backs. In Proverbs sixteen twenty-eight, a perverse man stirs up dissension, and a gossip separates close friends. In Romans 2, verse 1, you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same thing. We read about the gossiping tongue. In Proverbs 20, verse 19, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. We read about the talebearing, slanderer in Mark chapter 7 verse 22, in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31, in Colossians 3 verse 8, and 1 Peter 2 verse 1. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord in Leviticus 19:16. We read about the disrespectful tongue in first Timothy chapter five verses one and two, do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. We read about the cursing, swearing, profane, idle babbling tongue, in James three, verse ten, in 2 Timothy two, sixteen and seventeen, and in Exodus chapter twenty verse seven. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses His name. We read about the silent tongue, not speaking when we ought to warn people of sin. In Isaiah 56, 10, Israel's watchmen are blind. They all lack knowledge. They are all mute dogs. They cannot bark. They lie around and dream. They love to sleep. So we are reminded to choose our words carefully. In James chapter three verses four and five. In Ephesians four twenty nine, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. The Psalmist benefits as he meditates upon the Lord and the meaning of life. Notice his conclusion in verse seven. And now, Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Now let's read today's proverb. Proverbs 10 verse 10 Whoever winks the eye causes trouble, and a babbling fool will come to ruin. I think you get the picture. Hidden, duplicitous motives and cover-up speech will trip you up and others also. Let's pray. O Lord, give us the grace to recognize the first sign of sin's contamination and deal with it according to your word. May we be proactive in the pursuit of holiness. Your grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness, put a bridle on our tongues, and cause us to walk in a way that is pleasing to you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you very much for being with us today. Again, we encourage you to get a written copy of our meditation and commentary on this challenging chapter in the book of Leviticus. And we'll look forward tomorrow as we have the joy of seeing how a leper is cleansed and that prefigures the joy of knowing that our sins and our iniquities have been washed away. You can catch up with some of the things that we are doing with our ministries at newlife.org and newlifefinearts.org. Again, God bless you. And if you have any questions or comments, you can contact us at podcast at newlife.org. We look forward to continuing with the Word tomorrow. In the meanwhile, be filled with the Spirit and reflect upon God's goodness, His fresh mercies, and His never-failing love. Shalom.